ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are on day 19. I am almost done with this, and I am so proud of myself of read a book, record a podcast. And today's book is His Gangsta Love Saved Me by London Lenz. And she is one of my favorite authors. And we'll get into why later. But let's get started. So we start with a flashback from February 2015. Storm is having a nightmare of her being attacked by her boyfriend. He slapped her, grabbed her up off the couch and says, how could you let a whole nigga drop you off? You just gonna fucking play me? And it's just like, for me getting a ride from somebody? And it's simply just a ride. And before she can even explain, he has already slapped her in the face three times. And she explains that it was a triple A guy. Her car overheated and she had to call roadside assistance. And, you know, she's basically pleading like, I would never do anything to hurt you. I wouldn't play with you like that. And he hits her again and then walks out. And she's crying, thinking, how did she let it get this far? And... It's only been a year and the abuse has, the abuse has gotten worse. You know, he literally snaps for no reason, like all abusers do, or they're dealing with other trauma and taking it out on their victim. And he accuses her of cheating all the time, but he's the one that's actually cheating. And she met Play when... It was like a real rough time in her life. She was going to school and she found out that her family was in a bad car accident and they all died. And she used to sing and music was her passion because she got it from her parents, but she no longer wants to pursue that. Her family starts with, you know, her mom and her dad, they met in Ireland her dad was African-American and he was in Ireland, you know, playing with his band. And that's where he met her mom, who, of course, is Irish. And they fell in love at first sight. And when she was one, their family moved to Michigan and her dad and his brother opened up a jazz club. And then their family grew by two where now it's the parents, her, and she now has twin brothers. So, you know, life was great until she got that call about them being in an accident. A semi-truck hit them and sent 
the car head on into a tree. So one of her brothers flew out the window because he because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and the other brother's neck was snapped from hitting the back of the passenger seat. And then a huge branch fell on the front of the car, which killed her parents. So she has a best friend, Aboya, who's been by her side ever since. You know, they've been best friends since they were kids. And her parents' home was left to her, but there was no way she could stay in there. So she sold it and, you know, like kept the family things in storage. So Aboya's parents, you know, they're all family. They look at her as a daughter. Excuse me. But she went back to school after the fact. And that's where she met Play. You know, he approached her. He was real sweet. Very attentive. Went out on dates. He said all the right things. And then it's just like something changed. And he becomes insecure. Uh, asking questions. You know, popping up everywhere she is. And then listening to her phone calls. And it's just like, you're doing all this when you're the one that's actually cheating on me. And how do you ha even have time? Because you're following me around on time. That makes no sense. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because she knew then she should have left. But she just, she couldn't. And the more insecure he got, the more aggressive he got. So that's when the physical abuse started. Because all that other stuff is mental abuse. Because it's just like, why are you everywhere I am? You won't let me do anything without you. That's mental abuse. And it's like, now you've gotten to the point where you're slapping me. And she felt like she couldn't leave because he suffers from depression and anxiety. He even tried to commit suicide one time when he was a teen. And then one time she did actually leave. But he stabbed himself in the stomach so she could come back. So he manipulated her into coming back. And she did. And, you know, things just never got better. Storm, oh, excuse me. Storm is described as a ginger head, light green eyes, reddish light skinned woman. And her dad being African American gave her full lips a nice booty, and the American Irish accent. She also has freckles. So, you know, she's just a real beautiful woman. And that was a nightmare that she was having. And her best friend woke her up out of her sleep because she could hear her calling out Play's name. And she has been apart from Play with no contact since... 2016 so it's now 2018 and she has a beautiful one one and a half year old rain which i love that her name's storm and then she named her daughter rain that's actually a cool idea in hindsight um sorry <laughs> i just thought that was so cute because it's like northwest like what you wouldn't think would be a good name it's like when you actually think about it it's kind of cool um, and you know, when she found out she was pregnant, that's the motivation that she needed to get away from play. And 
you know, she had told him she was pregnant. Everything was going good until she was six months. And it was the night of the baby shower. He was drunk and he punched her in her face. And then he stayed gone for a week. So while he was gone, she was also gone. And her baby is basically like a younger version of her. She literally has her whole face. She's also light-skinned or red, which I don't like the terminology, but hey, to each his own. But yeah, she's red with red hair, you know, basically the same as Storm. Like I said, her and Aboya are best friends. They're almost like sisters. They just have a real close relationship, which I love. I wish I had that with somebody. Um, they're so close that they have the same birthday. And Aboya was, is letting her and Rain stay there rent-free. Even though Storm does have a job and she does want to help out, it's not necessary. It's like, you know, you my friend, you my girl, I got your back. Um... And Aboya has a beautiful two-story home with four bedrooms, two full bathrooms, a finished basement. There's a nice backyard, so that's great for rain to play in, and a huge kitchen. And so since Aboya is not letting her pay for anything, the paycheck that she is getting is going is going into a savings. And, you know, eventually she's going to get her own place, her own car, so, you know, she's doing something with the money. It's not just like, oh, my friend is letting me stay here so I can just blow my money on nothing. And Aboya acts like she's like, you know, are you doing okay? Like, how are you doing? And, you know, you need to relax. It's over. You're away from him. And she tells her, you know, I always think the minute that I do finally let my guard down, he's going to pop back up. And when he pops up, he's going to try to take rain away from me. And it's like, abusers do think that way. It's just like, I can never fully relax because I've been on guard for so long. I don't know how to just let that go. So I completely understand her, even what, it's been a year and a half since she's been away from him and she still just can't take a deep breath. That's completely understandable. Aboya feels bad because she wants to help her friend like just completely get over it and there's nothing that she can do. She just has to stand, you know, by her side and be a support system. She came from a two-parent household as well and her parents are psychiatrists. And so when Storm showed up in the middle of the night pregnant, she also decided to become a patient of her mom's, you know, going to see her and talk about what happened to her while she was with play. And of course it's free of charge. They wouldn't charge her anything. Um, Aboya is getting signed up for classes. She's still in college going to get her bachelor's in fine arts. You know, she can also sing just like Storm. You know, they're basically one in the same. They're the same person. Just one is light skin, one is dark skin. I got a light skin friend, look like Michael Jackson. Got a dark skin friend, look like Michael Jackson. I play ready for the word. She was ready for some action. <sighs> R.I.P. Kanye. 
Um, she says that she's a little behind from not going to school straight out of high school. But it's just like, it's college. You can go literally whenever you want. There is no behind. It's just when you decide to go. But when she got graduated from high school, she decided she wanted to be free for a few years. So when she turned 21, that's when she decided to go to school. And her only thing is she doesn't know what she wants to do after she graduates. Because it's like, yeah, my degree's in fine arts. Yeah, I can sing in... I enjoy music, but she doesn't have a set career on what she wants to do. And besides school, she does have a great job that pays an amazing amount of money. And speaking of which, she goes to her job to pick up her paycheck. And she runs into, let's call her the manager, Mrs. Dora. And... You know, she just says, hey, how you doing? They're preparing for a ball that her job is about to have. So she goes to see one of the managers whose name is Katen Hayes. And she's attracted to him, but she's she doesn't show it. She's like, you know, this is my boss. I can't go there with him. We're not going to do that. And But Katen is described as 6'4". 270 pounds that's all muscle um his skin is cinnamon toast crunch colored and he keeps a low caesar with deep waves and he also has a beard a low-cut beard and his style of dress is 90s mixed with early 2000s so she's really she's really feeling him and canton likes her as well he's made it known that he wants to have sex with her not a relationship, just have sex. And she's been working for Canton and his brother for a year now. So he gives her her money, gives her her next um, assignment. And, you know, they're just flirting. And she just blows him off until she gets on the other side of the door. When she closes his office door, then she's blushing and smiling and... Miss Dora looks at her and says, y'all going to continue to waste time like this, huh? I can't wait to see who breaks first. Because it's like, it's, everybody can see that y'all are attracted to each other. So why y'all playing? And Aboya says that she doesn't have time for that. You know, she just have sex with these niggas and keep it moving. Now, three years ago, that would have been a different story. Three years ago, she would have been married and probably a mother by now. At that time, she was engaged and in love with a man, Raymond. They were together for a year before he proposed. And she was so in love with him that she ignored the signs. You know, like when you look, like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, The night before their wedding or the day before their wedding, a woman shows up on her doorstep with three children and she's his baby mama and they live in Ohio. So the baby mama and the kids are in Ohio and Oboya is in Michigan. And anytime he left Ohio, he would tell his baby mama, which they were living together, by the way, he would tell his baby mama that he was going away on business. 
And so one day she hired a PI to follow him. And that's how the baby mama found out about Aboya. And so this is when she came to tell her, you know, like, you about to marry my baby daddy and he got three kids at home. So what are we going to do? So the next day they show up to his hotel together, you know, to confront him. And she punches him, throws the ring at him and leaves. And a few days later, she has an abortion. And the sad part is, you know, the day that she walked out of that hotel is the last day she heard from him. He didn't try to follow her. He didn't try to explain. He basically just shrugged it off and said, okay. And in fact, he married his baby mama and they had more kids and they moved to Philadelphia. And it's just like, I can see how that can scar you and have you feeling away. But it's just like, sis, it's been three years. You And you have psychiatrists for parents. How did you not talk about this and heal from it and go on with your life? Instead, you try to adopt this fuck niggas get money or I'm going to do me. I'm a player out here in these streets. Like, you literally have help right at home. Why would you not take advantage of that? And you're trying so hard to fix your friend. You should be trying to fix yourself. And so, and she calls it having a breakthrough after everything that happened with Raymond, which is her adapting or adopting this lifestyle of just having sex, you know, no emotions, no sleeping over, no cuddling, like nothing, strictly sex and that's it. Um, But yeah, she said since she had her breakthrough, she's been so happy, stress-free, stress-free, And she sleeps good at night knowing no nigga is out there playing me. And it's like, you got to let that hurt go, sis. We are introduced to Damon Hayes, who is walking into his home. And there's a woman kneeling at the door. She has nothing on but a thong and black pumps. And, you know, when he walks in, she takes off his shoes and his socks and puts on his slippers for him and she says welcome home my king how was your day damon is a dominant who lives the dominant lifestyle and he got into this lifestyle in high school his senior year of high school he was like a popular good-looking young man who was going to college parties so at one party he met a senior who told him about the lifestyle And she was looking for a dominant and she wanted him to be it. So he had to learn what it meant to be dominant. And when he did learn, he loved it. And that's how he decided to live his life. But he's not a dominant who humiliates his submissives. And then he also met his wife, Zoe, at a party. And which I did not... I mean, not, I don't, it's not that I don't like that he met his wife at a party, but it's just like, okay, he met her at that party and like a few hours later they were having sex, still not a problem, but it's the fact that they really didn't have anything in common. There was nothing going on between them but sex, but the fact that she would 
indulging threesomes with him it was the deciding factor of him marrying her basically because anything else it's just like it's an agreement that's all it is and now he's starting to regret that because she has no domestic bone in her body and she's spoiled and it's like okay of course every woman isn't gonna want to cook or know how to cook that's fine that's not the problem but it's like this bitch don't even try all she do is spend money and act like a spoiled brat and if y'all not talking and kicking them like that it's just like what what's the purpose and i can see how that's slowly starting to mess with him and he asks her you know what did you do today and she says she went shopping she found a gown for this ball that they're gonna have and then she fired her yoga instructor instructor she had the nerve to be 10 minutes late giving me an excuse about her child being sick unacceptable in my book and so you know this annoys him because it's like really and he knows the one like he's personable with his staff where she is not she likes to treat them as servants even though that's their job title it's like there's a way to treat people without making them aware of their title if i'm saying that right because it's just like okay yeah i'm a maid but you don't have to treat me like a maid and it makes sense in my mind but it's just like you don't have to be so nasty and so rude she basically treats them like slaves so it's like yeah i'm a maid but i'm not just slave and so as soon as he heard that he just looking at her like you fired this woman for what but since she's his wife he's rolling with it and she acts like can i kiss you and because you know with the dom submissive lifestyle she has to ask for everything she can't even look him in his eyes unless he tells her to but he tells her no nah, i ain't in in the mood to be kissed and you know it's like after she told that story he just really don't even want to be touched by her but he tells her that she can give him some head and the lady that she fired i don't know if i said this but she has four kids and she's a single mom so it's just like if one of her kids is sick you know why wouldn't you give her the benefit of the doubt and so now you know his lifestyle he's been cool with it so far but now it's starting to get old and he wants something besides just being rich he wants to have kids and he wants to be able to relate to his wife now it's just like us being basically friends with benefits because it's like what else y'all don't really do nothing with each other and they've been trying to have kids for a year but it hasn't been working out last year she was pregnant and you know they had went to the doctor had an ultrasound he heard the heartbeat and everything was going great and then a few weeks later they go back for another appointment and the nurse can find the heartbeat so you know a part of him was really upset because it's just like wow we lost our child and she was sad for a while and he tried to do everything he could to make up for it. But, you know, it basically just took time for her to heal. Now, we get into the Hayes background to why they're so rich. Um, they basically run 
a whole house. I don't or a escort service. I'm sorry. Let me be cor- politically correct. And Mrs. Dora, who a boy was talking to, she is the madam of the house, and she is in charge of the girls. We are introduced to Zoe, Dame, uh, Damon's wife, a little bit more, and it starts with her yelling at the maid who put a last season's dress into the new season's closet and she just has a fit and calls her stupid and you know basically tells you know if my husband didn't like you because you've been here since he was a kid I would fire you and then she's on the phone with her sister telling her I had to get my stupid ass made in order I'm telling you I want a new staff because these people are getting on my nerves and as she's telling like her background story, the only line that I care to elaborate on says, I don't come for money. In fact, I'm born and raised in Detroit's West Side. So if you didn't come for money and you know what it's like being broke, now that you have money, the fact that you are acting like this is disgusting. And I hate people like that. It's like, okay, you got to come up, but you do not get to start treating people like dirt. And that's all she does, like talking down on these people. And it's like, but that's what you come from, though. So how are you so mean to these people now that you are married into because it still ain't even your money. It's your husband's money. How are you so rude to these people and treating them like slaves like this? And her story was, you know, they had a normal life and her parents worked normal jobs. You know, there's no suburban life, no special, nothing. There's nothing to her. The only thing she knew is that she wanted a man to take care of her and God brought her Damon. And so she's been able to upgrade her lifestyle and she's been a bitch ever since. She claims to be as loyal as they come. And she's all about Damon. And, you know, she's his wife, his queen, and the mother of his first child. Hold on to that. Um, Even though the baby didn't make it, you know, that was still the first child. Which, of course, nobody's arguing that. Um... And she knows lately that he's been trying to get her pregnant. But she doesn't want to. Like, she's doing it because he wants it. But having kids was never a part of her future in her mind. She literally just wants to be fine all her life because she's had her breasts done, her butt done. And she just wants to be pretty. Like, she's done up all the time. She doesn't sleep with a bonnet on or anything like that. She just... Where's her weave out? Because, of course, she has to have a weave. Can't have natural hair. Nobody wants that nappy shit. Which, oh, like, Zoe as a character literally makes me want to fight. I hate her. Um, And she sleeps in lingerie. She has to have her makeup done by a celebrity makeup artist. And it's like, okay, yeah, your husbands are worth billions. Your husband is worth billions but you don't just have to waste money like this. And the fact that he allows her to, Damon get on my nerves too. Because it's just like, why? Okay, you're a dominant. She does what you tell her to do. Why Why you not nipping this in the bud? 
Like, you're annoyed in your mind, like, to yourself. But why are you not telling her, hey, man, cut that shit out? Why are you acting like that? That ain't cute. And you shouldn't be treating people like that. Treat people with some human decency. Especially since you all about your king and you know him so much and you're his queen. Why do you not know that your actions are turning him off? And so when she meets up with her sister, her sister tells her that she needs to get rid of the maid because she would have had her out here looking crazy. I'm like, for a drink? I said, see, these are rich problems that I will never know. And even if I did somehow become rich, I would never do things like this. It's like you buy a dress that's last season and then you never wear it again. And it would be such a travesty if you were actually seen in the same dress again from the last collection. And you're not up to date with the new collection. Like, man, get out of here. And her sister Mona, she's also married and... Her husband has money as well. You know, he's very rich. So they're on the up and up now. Um, But he's old. She married an old white man. And you could tell it's strictly just for the money. But she is sleeping with Canton on the side. Well, she was. You know, she's still trying to keep up with him. But he ain't worried about her. He don't pay her no attention. You know, it's basically like... He's done with her now. He has a thing against relationships. And it's like, she's married anyway. So that's over and done with. But her sister is in school. And Zoe thinks that this is a waste of time. You know, you were already married a man with money. So what are you going to school for? What are you going to do? Have a job? Like, girl, ill, peasantry. And it's just like, sis, you. it's not like you were born into royalty. You literally just married into this money. How are you acting like this? Even like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Because like reading any chapter from her, because they're all in, uh, what am I trying to say? First person. So it's just like reading her chapter, listening to her talk. I just want to claw my eyes out. I hate driving myself. I feel so common. And it's like, Bitch, you are common. Get over it. But anyway, she has to go meet up with her former best friend who's been calling her back to back to back like it's an emergency. And her friend tells her, I want to go on vacation and you're going to pay for it. And she's like, what? I'm not your personal bank. Like, this is what you called me for. I already paid you. And it's just, you know, paid her for what? Like, what's going on? But her friend, Olivia, she tells her, you know, you are my personal bank. And, you know, unless you want your secret to get out, you're going to give me my money. And she agrees. So whatever Olivia has over her, she has to agree to it. But their backstory is they were best friends when they were little. In fact, her and Olivia were closer than her and her sister, who she claims they're just so tight. And, um, but once she met and married Damon, she cut off ties with Olivia because she actually fell in love and married a mechanic. So because she stayed broke, she couldn't be seen associating with her anymore. It's just like, Zoe, go choke. And she came with 
she came to Olivia with a deal. And all she had to do was do something for her one time and that was it. But whatever it was, even though she paid her, Olivia's coming back threatening to expose whatever the secret is. So she's like, girl, what did you do? Canton has a five-year-old daughter, Cameron. And it's just them two in a big old mansion that he bought. And he also has um, a nanny for Cameron. Cameron's mom took took off two months after she was born. Akela, she was a stripper that he met in the strip club, but he made her his girlfriend. And everything was good until she got pregnant. She didn't even want to keep the baby, but he told her he'd kill her if she got rid of his baby. So, of course, she kept it. And after she had the baby, things just got worse and worse. She didn't want to be a mom. She still wanted to go out. She still wanted to party. And he gave her an ultimatum. Either be a mom and be here with us, or you can go out and continue to do hood rat things with your friends. She chose to turn up life, so he kicked her out. And she had the nerve to ask if she could still visit the baby. And it's like, girl what no you can't visit my damn baby i asked you to choose this life with us or go be a thought you chose to be a thought thought so bye and that's why he's off relationships he don't want to deal with nobody like that nothing and the day she walked out the door he hasn't got a phone call or a text they were even friends on facebook but he got tired of seeing like all her tunnel pictures and her basically just living her life while he's at home being a daddy to their child. So it's just like, I can't take this no more, bitch. I'm not doing this with you. Um, and so now, like I said, he's off relationships or anything like that. Cameron asked him, you know, daddy, do you think I'll have a mommy soon? One of the girls in my class said, I need a mommy or I'll be lonely. And this kind of breaks his heart because he realized, you know, as she gets older and you're in school and you're learning about the aspects of family, uh, the emptiness of not having a mom is going to bother her in the long run. And so he tells her, you may not have your mommy around, but you will never be lonely. Mommy just needs some time to learn how to take care of you. You're such an amazing little girl and daddy only wants the best for you. Mommy just wasn't ready to be a mommy yet and it is never because of something you did. I can promise all the stars in the sky that you will never be lonely. You got daddy, pop pop, granny, uncle Damon, and Minna, who is the nanny, who all love you very much. You have a lot of friends and everyone you talk to says how pretty you are and how they love you. No way a person like that will ever be lonely. So she's pacified for now and she's happy. But the more he thinks about it, he's just really upset that Akela left him in that situation. The next day, Aboya comes into his office asking for a favor. Now, they usually don't invite anyone to these events but she wants him to make an, an exception she wants to get storm out of the house 
and, you know, just show her a good night out. They have to do a background check, but he gives her a ticket to give to her. So Aboya smiles at him and gives him a hug. And that's one step further of them getting closer to each other, if you will. But they still playing the cat and mouse game. So Storm is at work. She works at um, a movie theater. And she has to stay late and work a double because the boss's daughter called in at the last minute. And the boss tells her, you're going to be coming in tomorrow because my daughter has shit to do. And I'm just like, wait a minute. How are you at as the manager just going? You can't word it like that. My daughter got shit to do. Like, that's not a valid excuse to not come to work. And this is why people don't allow family members to work together because you start showing favoritism and you, that's my day off. How you going to tell me I'm coming in because your daughter got shit to do? Fuck you and fuck your daughter. And that's basically what Storm said. And she walked out and she quit. But as soon as she did, then she felt bad because it's just like, I'm already, she basically feels as if she's mooching off her friend and her friend's parents and it's like now nah, i ain't got no job so what felt good in the moment didn't really feel good later and so a boy's parents are babysitting rain you know because they thought she was working but rain let her stay there and text a to go pick her up but a boy's parents say you know just let her stay tonight it don't make no sense to carry her out she can stay here with us so when she gets home, she finds Storm crying while eating a pot of macaroni and cheese. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's just like for all the things for you to cry and eat, why a pot of macaroni and cheese? But a boy tells her, you know, not to sweat it. It's really not a problem. And you can come work for me. And she tells her all about the escort business and how she can come work for her and at first she was nervous because she thought storm may judge her she might stop being her friend and she might even tell her parents so when she runs it down storm is just like okay because you know although she's an escort she's not having sex with these men she's not it, unless she chooses to but it's just like She's not a prostitute. She's literally just an escort. She spends time with them. She goes out on dates. She's like, I'm candy. And she gets paid a lot of money for it. There's nothing wrong with that. And Storm tells her, you know, you're my best friend. You're my sister. You don't have to keep anything from me. I would never judge you or stop being friends with you. As long as you're safe and you're never pressured to do anything that you don't want to do, it's not a problem. You know, like, I'm not going to judge you. And so the next day, well, no, that same night, Aboya tells her about the ball. And it's like, you know, you you get to see a little bit of the things. And, you know, she gets her dolled up the next day. They go out, get pampered, hair done, dress. Everything is great. They get to the party. She's having a good time. And then Canton comes over. And, you know, they're introduced to each other. And... He tells her, you know, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. 
but we hope you come back because you're so beautiful. And then he says, has Damon seen you? He needs to see this. And so when he brings them over and they see each other, they basically just have a stare off of looking into each other's eyes and not paying attention to anybody around them. It's like a very interesting moment because it's just like, how do you see this married man just lock eyes onto this woman? And it's like they're holding hands that whole time and just staring into each other's eyes. But then she looked down and she felt his ring as well. So it's just like, this is a married man. I'm just basically admiring in open view. So she takes her hand away from his and steps back. But she has to go to the bathroom to collect herself for a minute. And when she comes out, she runs smack dab into him. So he was waiting right by the door. And he tells her, I want you to come back tomorrow noon, you know, to have a conversation. So at the interview, you know, they're just talking. He wants to know her backstory and she tells him everything. And she gets a little choked up talking about her parents. And he pulls her into a hug and just basically lets her cry for a second. And, you know, he's just like, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. You're strong. And, you know, you've got this. And she mentions that, you know, I'm not always like this. I have a boy in her family and I have a beautiful daughter. So, you know, like I have, I have purpose and I'm not just going to be crying all over the place. And this fool, hey, this, okay. Cause I know I told y'all that at the beginning of the episode that London Lens is one of my favorite authors. It's because she says some of the most off the wall shit that I love I live for it she creates mess that I love because it's just like I can read this and just be like wow because all of her characters like they're obsessive it with anybody else who's like into mental health and wellness and just being I don't know I guess better people they would find so many things wrong with this but I love it I don't know if that makes me fucked up or not, but I, I don't care. Like, but anyway, back to the part that got me. This, <laughs> this says, when she said she had a daughter, I wanted to raise hell. Not because she was a mother, but because that was proof that a nigga came in her. It's like, sir, you just met her. You don't know shit about her. How do you feel this strongly? about the fact that she has a kid it's the fact that she was with another nigga unprotected like how is that any of your business but then he catches an attitude and asks her you know are you still with your daughter's father and she you know he don't know about the abuse but she's like that is something that will never happen so you don't have to worry about that at all and it's just like you know i'm just here to work so if you give me a chance i can do it and they have like a little power play exchange because he gave her a glass of champagne and he brought over a tray of hors d'oeuvres and she didn't touch either one. So he's like, you know, you haven't touched anything 
go ahead. And she says, you know, like, basically, no, I'm not hungry. And I'll drink the champagne a little later. So with him being a dominant, this doesn't sit well with him. So they just go back and forth. And she's like, you know, I just really want to know if you're going to give me a chance. Because all this time he hasn't said whether or not she actually has a job or is going to join the team, basically. And so... Eventually, he says, yeah, I'm going to give you a chance. And do you want to be an uh, escort with restrictions or no restrictions? So, with restrictions is the not having sex, only going on dates. And the no restrictions is if you choose to have sex, you can have sex for money, you know, on these dates or whatever. And so, she says, I'll be doing the same as a boya and... Because he wants to get in her head, he says, you know, do you think that's best? And she was offended because she's like, what does that mean? You think I can't make any money without having to open my legs? And because she feels the way, she's like, you know what? You're right. It's possible. I would like to start with no restrictions. And you're the expert. So I'm taking your reaction and let's do non-restrictions. So this also upsets him. And he's like, man, you don't know shit about doing that. You're going to take your stupid ass out there and don't know what the fuck to do. So it's just like, damn, I can't win for losing with you. And she's um, she like, you got me fucked up. And he has to realize that he is kind of getting too upset for a woman that he really doesn't know. So he tells her, you know what? My bad. I'm on some other shit. I have your contract drawn up and, you know, we can go over all of that right now or you can come back. Canton was in Ohio taking care of some business when he got a call from Cameron's school that there was a threat. He tried to call, um, like I said, he tried to call his mom. She couldn't answer he tried to call Mina, but it was her off day and she was unavailable. And although they had the person who made the threat in custody, he still wanted his daughter. So the only person he could call was Aboya. And, you know, of course she agreed and she went to go get her. So when he makes it home, he finds them in Cameron's room watching Beauty and the Beast singing Be Our Guest which is my shit. I love that book so much. Um, but anyway, as they're having fun, Cameron stops and asks Aboya, is she's is she going to be her daddy's wife so she can have a mom? And, you know, Aboya has to tell her, no, sweetie, I'm just your dad's friend who needed me to pick you up from work. And Cameron says, I'll never have a mommy. And that... Oh, my heart just breaks for the little baby. A boy tells her, you know, your daddy may get a wife and you will get a mommy. But if you don't know that so many people love you very much. And this is when he knocks on the door to make his presence known. And <laughs> Cameron asks him, you know, can you marry Aboya so she can be my new mommy but they managed to distract her and get her onto something else like a frosty from Wendy's in the kitchen and he tells her you know good job thank you for looking out and she tells him you know it's okay it was an emergency and I'm happy to help 
you know, I didn't even know you had a daughter. He's like, yeah, I don't talk about her a lot because that's not nothing to talk about. And they have like a moment and he tells her, you know, I'm tired of playing with you. So tomorrow night, come to my condo and we going to do this. We going to have sex. It's like you say no strings attached. Cool. That's exactly what we're going to do. Don't worry about it. And Cameron asks her, can she come back to play with her? And Canton is trying to nip that in the bud. It's like, he's really thinking like, I shouldn't have even had her do this because I, uh, I don't want you involved with my child like that. But a boy promises to come back later in that week and watch a movie with her or something like that. And as she's leaving... Kansas tells her, you know, you didn't have to do that. And Aboya says, you know, it's no problem. I don't mind playing with her. And then, like, he gets this look on his face. So she's like, what's the problem? He says, yeah, I'm good. I just don't think that it's a good idea for you to see Cameron again. We agreed to just fucking and that's all. All this other shit, I'm not with that. And it's like, what? She's like, I just agreed to one play date. And he said, it's not that. It's you bonding with my daughter, knowing damn well that you ain't here to stay. So you're going to get her feelings involved and get her close to you. And then you're going to bounce when I'm tired of fucking you. And it's just like, really? Storm is feeling some type of way because it's been three days since she like signed her contract and she hasn't been requested yet. And a boy has to tell her, it was seven days before I got my contract. So, you know, it doesn't just happen right away. And plus, you're gorgeous. Like, come on now. Even Damon knows that. And she just had to throw that out there. She's like, man, you should have seen how that pouting ass nigga gets when he is told no. Spoiled princess ass. I said, uh, read him then, girl. Um, So later that night, a boy is having a date with a guy named Steven. Even though she's supposed to be getting ready for going to Canton's condo. But she says she's not doing that. Since he had such a fit and was rude to her that night at his house, she's not even agreeing to the friends with benefits thing. But Canton texts her like, so you don't see me texting you? She said, I do, but I'm just not in the business of dealing with you tonight. He's like, man, get out your feelings and come on. And she's like, no, because he sent her the address the codes and all that type of stuff to get in. She's like, nah, I'm good. And I ain't got time for you or your mood swings. So he just texts back, okay. Now, when she gets to Stephen house, Stephen done cooked dinner. And she done told him once before when she went over to get some sloppy toppy. Like, that's literally all it is. It ain't nothing else. This ain't a relationship. Don't be looking for nothing. So now when she come over looking for the same thing, this fool done cooked dinner. Talking about he just got off work late. So he figured, you know, he had to cook some for himself. So he might as well cook some for her too. It's like, nigga, I don't need you to cook nothing for me. I told you what, like, why do I have to keep saying this? And so anyway, they sit down and eat. And here he go. So how was your day? Ah, ah, ah. A boy said, you know what? There's a new episode of Law and Order on demand. Let's watch that. Let's go in the living room and watch that. And so he's like, you know, it's one in the bedroom. She's like, no, let's go to the living room because you you don't listen. 
And she's already made up in her mind, like, after she gets through this night, he going on a block list. It's like, I'm not going to keep dealing, um, dealing with this with you. You going on a block list. But anyway, they're interrupted by banging on his door. And guess who it is? Can't. That's like, nigga, first of all, how did you find me? But how you just banging on this man's door like this? And she's like, you know, what are you doing here? He said, no, what, the question is... What are you doing here? Didn't I tell you don't make me have to come for you? And Steven, you know, he got to try to protect his manhood a little bit. He's like, man, if you don't get out of my house and Kenton don't do nothing but drive his elbow into his face and hit him square in the nose. And so he picks her up and puts her or no, he tells her, you know, get up and let's go. And she walks out to his car and she's like, wait, I can't leave my car. He's like, man, if you don't get your ass in my goddamn car and stop playing with me. And she's like, can I at least close his front door? Because, you know, Steven laid out on the floor somewhere. And he's like, man, walk back to that porch and see what I do. Get in the car so we can go. And when they get to his condo, he makes her take a shower. Because, you know, she was just with somebody else. Even though they didn't have sex. It's just like... You was just all over that nigga. Get in the shower and wash up. So she does. And it's like she's annoyed, but she's turned on at the same time. So she, she don't know what she want to be. And she opens the cabinet to see that there's two rolls of deodorant. And she figures that this is definitely his whole, his whole crib. But she doesn't mind because, you know, they're just fucking. So it's not a problem. But it's like, if it's not a problem, why are you snooping, sis? I see you see the deodorant, but it's just like, I would have asked him, like, hey, where did the, I want to touch nothing. I want you to give it to me. I'm not trying to find out no clues. If we just fucking, we just fucking. So, although she's been seeing a lot of different guys and getting hit, she hasn't been doing anything with anybody. So, since the fiasco with her ex-fiance, she hasn't had sex with anyone, and that's been three years and so, Canton tells her, you know, when we're in this room, we're for each other. So, it's like, you belong to me and I belong to you, but only in this room. And it's just like, nigga, what? No. Like, we don't belong to anybody. We are here to do one thing and then walk away from each other. Why are you trying to set ground rules? We've already agreed to that. And he tells her, you know, you're not the only one with a wall up. So let's just play this out until one of us or both of us have had enough. No titles, no commitment. And it's just like, that's completely fine. That's why I'm not understanding why you have to tell me that while we're in this room together, you belong to me and I belong to you. But anyway, when they start to have sex, Candy don't even last 30 seconds. And it is high Larry us. That nigga lays on the side of the bed next to her. And says, you want some juice? And this one. <laughs> He's like, do I want some juice? Nigga, we ain't did nothing. So when he has a chance to redeem himself, you know, it's great. So they're like, yeah, we're definitely doing this again. So it's been almost two months. And Storm still hasn't been requested to go on any dates or anything. So she's walking through Target with the rain. And she just makes the comment, what do you think, baby? Do you think mom will look good in some khakis and a red shirt? 
And a voice behind her says, no, nah, Khaki doesn't do shit for your figure. And it's Damon. But she tries to walk away from because it's like, nigga, the last time I talked to you, you was on some bullshit. And I really ain't got no words for you. And so, but he asks her, why are you trying to work here? This wouldn't have anything to do with you not getting called for a job yet, does it? And, you know, she puts her head down and she's like, yeah, it does. I need money. And he tells her, you know, you don't ever have to be nervous around me. If you needed money, why didn't you just come to me? And she's like, because we barely know each other. I work for you. It's not your job to give me money. And, you know, I haven't worked for it. I need to earn it. And he says, if you didn't know then, now you know now that you can come to me. And she tells him, you know, like, I'm just not comfortable with that. Like, I I want to work. I'm not just taking money from you just because. But his rebuttal is that he has a proposition for her. So she needs to come back to his office later that evening. So she's like, okay, cool. We have to go. And she pulls up the Uber app. And this man almost has a conniption. He's like, man, you out here with your baby in an Uber? And he's, she's like, you know, they just yell out my life story in Target, please. And he's like, man, I don't give a fuck. Okay, you may not give a fuck, but I do. Like, shut up. Okay, I don't have a car. Like, no, I don't. So, yes, we're using Uber. But anyway, he tells me, you know, I'm taking y'all home, so... They make their way towards checkout, and the cashier tells them, your family is beautiful. So she's about to correct her, and he says, thank you, ma'am. I wish this lovely lady thought that. All I'm trying to do is give her and our daughter the world, but she keeps running from me. And we might have would have fought. Well, the baby took to him immediately. You know, she's smiling at him, trying to share some of her cookies. So it's cute. But he's just like, don't play with my child. Talking about our daughter. Nigga, this ain't your damn daughter. But anyway, so when they get outside, they walk up to his white G-Wagon. And I only mention that because I love the G-Wagon. I know people think it's played out and it's overrated. And a lot of people really don't like them saying they're not even all that. But oh, I feel the opposite. I love the way a G-Wagon looks. And I don't even drive. Like, I don't even know how to drive. But just... I love the way that car looks. That would be like literally my dream car. I love that car. Okay, my bad. I'm just fangirling over this uh car. Anyway, so when they get to his car, they realize, well, she tells him the car seat that she had is in the car, the Uber car that was supposed to come back and get her. So they turn right back around and he goes into the store and buys a car seat and a stroller. And Storm has to remind herself, you know, like, he's married, don't look too much into this. He's married, don't look too much into it. You know, like, basically just repeating that, like, he is married. Remember that, he is married. So she texts Aboya to see if she could keep Rain so she can go to this meeting. So later at the meeting, he tells her, I have a job for you. And so she's happy because it's like, oh, somebody requested me. I can get to work. And he's like, yeah, they came highly requested too. And when she's like, okay, so who is it? It's him. He wants her to come to his house Friday afternoon until Monday morning and be his weekend submissive with his wife. And, you know, 
At first, she's upset because... Oh, I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Let me start over. I want your services every weekend from Friday afternoon until Monday morning. I want you to be my submissive for the weekend. I will pay you $20,000 every weekend. That's $80,000 a month cash. And at first, she's upset. She's like, so you want... You want to pay to fuck me every weekend. What, your wife goes out of town or something and you want a side piece? First of all, you better straighten up that nasty attitude right now. You're too damn fine for that shit and it ain't even you. Second, my wife will be right next to you waiting on me to tell her when and where to fucking make a move. She is 100% in this with me and agrees with what I do and what I'm setting up with you right now. And... He's like, look, I want you in my home for the weekend. You will have your own room, access to a personal chauffeur, you know, like all the things that come along with his lifestyle, money thrown everywhere, whoop, whoop, whoop. And she agrees. It's like, you know, let's see where this goes. And, but she also is a little hesitant. She's like, you know, is this because you feel bad that I don't have a job? Like, why do you want me a part of your lifestyle? And he's like, let's be honest. Since we've met at the ball and our eyes locked, you wanted me and I wanted you. I know that I'm married and you're a good girl who doesn't believe in such a way. But rather you rather you know it or not, most of your clients would have been married. So what's the difference between you doing it with them and doing it with me and my wife? So, you know, he seduces her a little bit and says, say yes. So she says, yes. I'll be yours. And here is the start of a crazy relationship. So later that night when Damon comes home to Zoe after they have sex, that's when he tells her about the whole arrangement. And she just goes along with it. The next day she's having lunch with her mom and her sister. And Mona is slouching because... For a married woman, she is stuck on Canton and what he's doing and the fact that he's not returning her calls. So their mom gets her together about that. Like, girl, you got a husband that you need to be worried about. Don't be worrying about this boy. You know, he was a boy toy. Y'all had sex. Get over it. And then she tells Zoe, you know, you need to be a grown woman and just pay Olivia so she can shut up. This is a situation that you dug yourself in and trying to play hardball could result in her actually revealing your secrets. And then she's like, you know, you are also a woman who foolishly signed a prenup. So if this ever gets out, you will be left with nothing. But then she also tells her the next time you talk to Olivia, use reverse psychology. Tell her that if she does that, then she will be stopping her clap cash flow excuse me she's poor sweetie and she works a nine to five that gives you the upper hand and i'm trying to understand because it's like if her family worked normal job like her parents worked no normal jobs as i said in the beginning like where are they getting this attitude from i don't know if that's a, a typo on London's part like if she wanted them to be wealthy and just became even more wealthy dealing with Damon or you know what I mean like I'm a little confused because it's just like where is this attitude coming from it don't make sense for y'all to act like this when 
y'all just got into money. Sorry, I'm just, I'm confused. Because, like, now that I'm reading it back, I'm like, wait a minute, this don't make sense. But anyway, um, later that day, she's meeting Storm for the first time, and she goes all out. She got on her Givenchy dress. She got some new red bottoms that she bought just for today. You know, she's basically trying to assert herself as wife, woman of the house, remember your place. And, you know, she she loves that. That's all she loves. Um, Damon stopped by his parents' house because his mom cooked. And, of course, you know, Zoe don't cook. So it's like, oh, am I passing up a home-cooked meal for my mama? No. But while he's there, he's talking to his dad. And he's telling his dad that he doesn't feel good about Zoe. Like, he feel like she's being sneaky and he don't really know what it is. Like lately she's been clinging to her phone. Her phone is always in her hand and it's just like some some don't feel right. And I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. And he says, you know, I could care less about who her father is. If I catch any foul shit, I'm kicking her out. And once again I'm confused because his dad says Think of the business. Zoe Father knows a lot of prestigious people who are our great clients. And it's just like, I thought these people had normal job. What is the normal job? Maybe that's where I'm confused at. But anyway, uh, Damon tells her, you know, you taught me loyalty and to keep my circle tight with people I can trust. If I can't trust her, I'm done. I don't care if I'm married. I don't care about her father. I don't care about none of that. And so, as he's leaving, his mom says, so you're having problems with that stuck-up wife of yours, huh? She don't like Zoe, and she ain't never like Zoe. And he, you know, his house is big, Kansas' house is big, and then they mentioned that the parents' house is even bigger than that, and they live in Grand Rapids Township, which, hey, shout-out to my city. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um... But her mom, I mean, his mom tells you, you know, you know, I don't like her anyway. So she being sneaky, I don't want you laying your head next to somebody you can't trust. And if you got to get rid of her, get rid of her by any means necessary. Because although they have a brothel escort service, you know, they also out here killing niggas. They ain't got no problem with doing any of that. So it's just like, if she got to go, get rid of her. Um. So when he leaves his parents' house, you know, he's going home to storm enzo and when he gets there you know this is his first time seeing storm like how zoe was in the beginning so it's like nothing but a thong gone heels on head down waiting for him to walk in the door and his eyes go straight to her and he's thrown off a little bit it's like their chemistry is just off the charts and he goes you know they strip him down of his outside clothes and put his robe on, put his slippers on, the same old dominant routine. And they follow him into the dining room where his food is waiting for him and it's not what he's used to. Storm has cooked a lamp, Irish lamb stew and she has an Irish beer for him. It's like, you know, um, I don't mean to overstep, but I wanted to cook for you. So he's like, you know, it's all good. He tells Zoe to go into the room because he called her twice today and she didn't answer. So this is like a little mini punishment for her. And he pulls a, a storm into his lap and tells her to 
feed him. Now, one of his things with being a dominant is that he wants to be called king. So when she calls him king, he feels a way about it. He's like, that don't sound right coming from you. You just call me Damien. So it's like already it's not the same as it would be with Zoe. And he enjoys the food. And he says some little slick stuff. Says, I hope that's not the last taste of Irish I get from you. And she just tells him, you know, whatever you want to do. So he sends Storm upstairs. And when he goes upstairs, he sees them kissing. And, you know, it's like this is what he wants. But at the same time, he wants to snap his own wife's neck for kissing Storm. So, you know, they get into it. But the thing is, him, he and Storm, you know, they the most they do is kiss. They don't have sex in any sort of way. So it's really Damon having sex with Zoe while Zoe eats her out and that's all it is like they don't interact in any other way so later on it's three o'clock in the morning and he has a game room so his routine is getting a bowl of ice cream and playing a game and when he gets in there Storm is in there and they play a few games together and you know at first she's like I'm so sorry I'm in here I didn't mean to he's like you know what are you talking about I told you you could go anywhere you wanted to and she's like I just didn't want to overstep my boundaries and he knows that's from Zoe trying to assert her dominance over her and he's like man you don't have no roles and you don't have no boundaries I already told you what it was and if anybody tells you different you come tell me and so they play a few games together and it's like it gets a little heated for a second but then they both back off Canton and Aboya, they still playing games, but you know, they into the friends with benefits thing and he likes it because he says that she's the female version of him and they just flow together good. So everything is going good. So after they're done, Aboya says, thank you. And you know, she about to leave and he like, damn, you leaving? Like you just going to dip out like that? And he says, you know, he's happy about it, but he feel like she's rushing like he a two dollar hoe or something and it's just like see here we go ain't this what you wanted and the fact now that i'm doing it now you feel away um and she's like yeah like actually i've been requested for tonight so i actually got to get to work you know and this fool follows he calls up mona to be his date but it's really just a cover for him to see what aboya is doing and he follows her to the bathroom at one point and tells her, you know, I don't like him touching you. I feel like breaking his hands off. And it's just like, fam, that's not what this is. Anyway, so later, Aboya, and she has rain with her, but they're over Kansas' house. And she's making cupcakes with the girls. And while she's doing that, she also has like a little moment with Canton and she's realizing that this has become something else you know she finds herself thinking about him all day texting him and wanting to be under him you know not just for sex and plus she's involved with his daughter and at some point you know the girls were in the bedroom and they go to check on them and they fell asleep with the princess costumes on and they were watching aladdin and 20 minutes later 
Aboya and Canton fell asleep on the couch. So they wake up cuddled up. And she wants to run away from this as far as she can. But it also feels good at the same time. So Storm and Damon, like, you know, they're still doing the weekend thing. But she takes a Uber home or like he has one of his drivers take her home. And, you know, he's like, I'm tired of doing this. You act like a boy will go with my ass just because we seen each other. But Storm, she just doesn't want her to know. And plus, he doesn't she doesn't think that Zoe would like that. You know, like they're not supposed to be having one on one time, I guess. And. You know, Storm is realizing that she's feeling Damon a lot. Like, even though she hasn't had sex with him, they're just close. Like, they talk. They play the game together. Like, they can just chill. They're, like, friends first and whatever you want to call this situation. Next. And Storm is <laughs> so funny, though. She's like, you know, she may be a bitch, lazy and bougie. But she a beast at eating some pussy, though. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. And she's never had to return a favor. So it's just like, really? Storm gets to be a pillow princess and just lay back. And it's just like, sis, the dream. You're living the dream. But she thinks about Damon all the time. She fantasizes about him. And she was supposed to tell him when she got home, but she forgot about it. So he... His name pops up on her phone and a boy is sitting right there. And she's like, um, did that just say Damon? And so Storm came life of shit. So she got to tell her what's been going on and everything about the arrangement. And so she's like, damn, my best friend really turned out Damon Hayes. And she's like, girl, what did you talk about? It's not like that at all. But it's like, sis, it's exactly like that. You got this man on something completely different. But she's like, girl, whatever. It ain't like that. So they go to bed. And the next day, Aboya is standing over Storm with rain on her hip, like waking her up. Like, girl, get up. You got to come see this right now. So outside is a princess playhouse with a slide attached to it for Little Miss Rain, as well as a Mercedes Benz G-Class pink Hot Wheel with a bow on it. But that is nothing compared to the actual G-Class truck that is sitting in a boy's driveway with a big bow on it. There's a card inside of the card that says, just go with it and enjoy. I got everything covered. All you have to do is cruise from Damon. And a boy tells her, bitch, you can front all you want, but Damon is on you thick. He married, and I know that conflicts you, but sis, he is giving all the signs that there's something there between y'all. And she tells her, you know, in another world, the four of us would be so good together. So it's just like Aboya with Canton, they would be in a real relationship. And so would she and Damon. And so she has, Aboya has taken a step back from Canton. They hadn't talked in three days. And Canton calls to see, he's like, you know, what's up with that? And this is when she tells him, you know, we need to cut this out. It's going way deeper than what we thought, and I'm done with it. And all he says is okay. So we should know when he say okay, that's not good. Um, so her and Storm go shopping, and when they after they're done shopping, they decide to go out to eat. 
So who do they see when they go out to eat? Canton and Mona again. And at first, from where she's sitting, it seems like only she can see him. She doesn't know if he sees her or not. And when it's time for the bill, the waiter lets them know like, oh, that gentleman over there paid for it. And he raises his glass up to her. And so she walks over to them. And he says, Aboya, to what do I owe the pleasure? It's like, nigga, don't act like you ain't seen me sitting over there. And you sent, like, you paid the bill. So she says, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for paying our bill. And she picks up an ice bucket and pours it on him. And her and Storm, you know, like, walk out. And he calls her, but of course she's not going to answer. And before she can block him on his, on her phone, she's, he sent her a text. Jesus. Say, you know, I'm fucking you up the next time I see you. But she just puts him on the block list. And this is when Canton admits that he's feeling her. And he's ready for them to be in a real relationship. And, of course, a factor of that is how she is with Cameron. So it's just like, you know, you're real good with my daughter. And you got her attached to you. So, yeah, we're going to be in a relationship. And Cameron, I don't know why a five-year-old needs a cell phone, but she has one. And he has Cameron call her like on her phone and a boy answers. And it's just like, of course, we're not going to block the baby. The baby didn't do nothing. Nigga, fuck you, but the baby ain't did nothing. And so she's FaceTiming a boy saying, you know, can you come over? And a boy says, you know, like, sweetie, I got to go, but I'll talk to your dad about that later. And when Cameron hangs up, she's like giggling and blushing. And her dad is like, you know, what's going on? Cameron says, a boy's male friend kissed her right here like you do. And she points to her neck. So, of course, this sets Canton off. He looks up her name in the app that they have for their escort service. The place is called the uh, Pleasure Palace. I should have said that in the beginning. But he goes to her name and she doesn't have any requests for that night. So he knows that she's on a real date like with another guy. So he calls up some of his friends or employees, I don't know, um, and tell them to get eyes on her and get him an address. You know, she blocked him on her phone so he couldn't track her that way. So he finds out where she is and he goes there and he has his friends start like a small fire to get the um all the people out of the building. So when Aboya walks out with her and the guy that she's with, he has taken all of her tires off of her car. So he tells her, you know, you look like you need a ride. I got a car right here for you. And she's like, did you do this to my car? And of course that crazy nigga did it to your car. So anyway, he takes her back to his place and tells her, you know, we doing this for real. We're not playing no games. We're really going to do this. No games whatsoever. And she agrees. Basically, it's just like, can you fight with a nigga who does crazy shit like the way that he does? But she likes it, though. It's just like not against her will. She likes this shit. Um... And they go check on Cameron because Cam, before he left, he told Cameron, I'm going to go get a boy for you and bring her back. So when they go check on her, you know, she's asleep, of course, because it was already late at night. And he tells her, you know, it's all good. You're staying the night and you got tomorrow. 
And she tells him, like, oh, um, I've been request. He's like, girl, if you think you're still working as an escort for me while you my woman, you got shit twisted. And she's like, I got to have my money. I got to have my job. He's like, I got you. I promise. You know, like, we done with this. I'm going to take care of you. It's been a month, and Damon says something, you know, one day while they're working. I noticed something while going over the books. Aboya isn't on the roster anymore. What's that about? Kim, like, yeah, so, like, you know that that's been my woman, and she ain't doing this no more. Like, I got her, I got her bills, that's no problem. And Damon says, you know, she's cool, so I ain't got no problem with her being uh my sis. And Kansas turns it on him, like, so why are you playing with my sis? And he's like, man, I've been with Zoe for three years. I can't just drop her like that. I feel responsible for making her my wife just because she adapted to my lifestyle. And it's like, see, that is where you are all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. And he says, I never knew the type of bond between two people could exist between two people before I met Storm. But Zoe is still my wife, even though I feel like she's been on some snake shit. And I'm like, Kenton, I'm like, snake shit? And she's still, well, not the still breathing part, but it's like, <laughs> you still with her? Because that's what he said. He was like, snake shit? And she's still breathing? It's just like, why are you still with her? It's, why are you with somebody you feel like you can't trust? Back to what Mama Hayes said. It's just like, and you laying next to this hoe every night? Make it make sense. But he says, you know, I got to see what's going on first. Can't just kill her with no proof and Kansas tells him man Zoe don't know how to do nothing but rack up a credit card you better quit playing with Storm before you lose her she already going on dates and that makes him so upset it's like oh you didn't know that huh and Kansas has a point it's like you can't go getting mad at her or trying to call her when you land next to your wife every night why are you worried about what she doing but as soon as Canton leaves he's facetiming her so how was your date? Like, nigga, how's your wife? Like, why are you in my business? And she tells him, I know we have this weekend thing going on, but you still married and I'm single and that's what single people do. And basically he ain't trying to hear that, but she tells him, you being spoiled right now. You can't have both and basically try to claim me when you have a whole wife. This is just a weekend thing. And she also tells him, you know, like, if that's the case, I think we should stop this while we're ahead. And part of him knows that she's right, but he's just not ready to hear that. And so he gets a call, you know, they end that conversation. And he gets a call from one of his security guys. And he lets him know that Zoe has a burner, a burner phone. Like, she was making a call and it wasn't on her iPhone that she's known to have. And so he's like, you know, what's the move, boss? What you want me to do? He's like, I got it. I just need to know that information. So Zoe bought the burner phone to contact Olivia so she wouldn't be calling her regular phone. And she just thinking she's so smart. But that's listening to her dumbass mama. Her mama don't know nothing. And um, she wasn't going to be meeting with her anymore. Her mom, uh, not her mom, her sister, Mona, was going to be making the drop-offs for the money. But she's been in her feelings lately about Canton because Canton now has a girlfriend. So her mom is making the payments for her. But when she gets home, she wasn't expecting Damon to be sitting at the edge of the bed waiting for her 
basically saying, you know, like, why do you have a burner phone? And she's caught off guard. And he like, man, tell me right now why you got this phone. Like, what is the purpose? This bitch yells out that she's pregnant. I didn't want to tell you until I was far along because of last time. I bought the phone to book appointments and keep in touch with my doctor. Honey, I would never cheat on you or play you. Bet you playing him right then and there because that don't make no sense. If y'all have sex every day or, you know, like he he's going to notice your body changing at some point. But anyway, this girl is acting. She says, Damon, you have been having me so stressed and at high risk. And she starts crying and she's like, you think I don't know what's going on with you and Storm? The late night meetings in your game room, the phone calls, and the way you change when she comes around. Damon, I'm scared of losing you and then stressing me and our child out. And she grabs at her stomach and rubs at it as if something is there. It's like, oh, but niggas, niggas are stupid. And so that's all he wants to see. I shouldn't call him stupid. I take that back because she's also tugging at the one thing that he kind of wants, though. He's made it known that he wants kids. So, of course, he's going to drop everything to focus on the child. And, of course, her. So, she's not stressed out. And so, he apologizes and says that he'll fix it. And, you know, just don't keep anything from me. And she tells him, you know, I just need you all here. Say goodbye to Storm and these little weekends. I want a stress-free pregnancy with no problems. And so he's like, you know, you got that. And he gets up and he walks out. And when she does, when she hears that, she calls Olivia and tells her, um, give me a price and I'll pay you. But I need more from you. I'll call you in a few days with the details. So it's like, you still on sneaky shit. And, you know, now her thing is she really has to get pregnant because the bitch lying. She ain't really pregnant, but now she has to get pregnant so her story will fall together and it's just like how are you trying to get pregnant when you don't even want never mind women will do anything to keep some money and to have a certain lifestyle anyway storm went on a date with one of her old co-workers from the movie theater and you know like they she agreed it wasn't really nothing because she uh she's still feeling damon but she just went out to go out so that was a few days ago no what was that last night but now it's like the next day or whatever anyway there's a knock on the door aboya isn't there she went to go spend the weekend with canton and cameron and it's damon at the door he tells her you know i need to talk to you so can you either let me in or come out here and so she goes outside to talk to him and he tells her, you know, after we hung up, I thought a lot about what you said. I think you were right about us ending things. I'm married and it's not fair to you to keep this up knowing how we feel about each other. It's not fair to Zoe either. And this is like a shot to Storm's heart. Because it's like, even though that's what she said, it still hurts. And it's just like, you know, do I have a right to be mad? Was I wrong to want to cling to him and beg him not to leave me? Should I slap him? You know, like, do I have the right to cry? Like, yeah, I said we shouldn't do this, but it's like, now that it's actually happening, like, I like you too much for it to actually end. But 
she can't say any of that. She just has to, you know, like basically you're right. And I have no choice but to respect that. I never want to distract you from your marriage. So thank you for being honest. And she tries to give the truck back and the gifts. And he's like, nah, man, that's not, I didn't give that to you to take it back. So, you know, I still got y'all. And she's like, nah, if we're going to be done, let us be completely done. You can focus on your marriage and I'll just go back to doing my thing, you know, thanks goodbye and he tries to grab her arm and she's like you know please don't just let this be over and she goes in the house and slams the door and she does break down crying because it's just like fuck I really fell for a married man and she goes to check on rain because and she's still sleeping so she goes back outside on the porch to get some fresh air Somebody calls out her name, but at first she doesn't see anybody. But then she sees someone who is walking up the walkway who looks like Play. And it's like, what the hell is going on around here? And he's smiling, asking, you know, hey, how you been? Like, nigga, we're not friends. What are you talking about? What are you doing here? How did you even find me? And he said he walking closer Talking about, I'm not here to scare you. I'm different than before. All I want is to be in my daughter's life. And of course, this has been her nightmare from the very beginning of him popping up and trying to take her daughter away or interacting with her daughter, their daughter, really, in any way. So she runs back in the house and locks the door. And she hysterically calls 911. Because, like, nigga, the last time I saw you, you punched me in my face. You're an abuser and you just popping up out of nowhere. And so we end this with, of course, 911 answering and saying, 911, what's your emergency? And it's to be continued. So, all right, I hope to see you guys back tomorrow for day 20. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.